Welcome to Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. I'm your host, Carter Hockman, and joining me this week is current University of Michigan field hockey goalkeeper, Anna Speaker. Thanks for coming on, Anna. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So the first question I always start with here is what made you want to become a goalkeeper and what originally drew you to the position? Honestly, I really did not want to be a goalkeeper. I always wanted to be the one scoring the goals. Um, I kind of hated the idea of being in the back and like not doing anything for most of the game. Um, But I just I guess I got kind of good at it. And my goalie coach at the time for my club saw so much potential in, in me and said, I really need to work hard and like I could go, I could make it really far. And so I was like, okay, let's do this. I, you know, when, when you kind of have success, like it's a lot of fun. So I ended up kind of just sticking with it. Oh, you, you can't argue with that. I mean, obviously 90% of this position is doing your best. To have. But um, I mean, growing up in, in Berlin, Germany, I mean, how did you navigate your way through deciding what sports you initially wanted to be involved in? Um, yeah, I started off definitely playing soccer with like the neighborhood boys I grew up just with basically boys kind of as a tom girl. I loved to play soccer and like played it in my high school too um, and joined a lot of camps and stuff. But um, I always, for some reason, just like loved field hockey and stuck with field hockey. And I liked the people around me and stuff. And I always ended up putting more of my time in field hockey. But yeah, I played a lot of sports. I played basketball. Um, I did golf for a while. Like, I don't know. I just kept busy a lot. But then for some reason, I don't know. It just happened that way that field hockey was the one that kind of I put more more of my energy into. What drew you to field hockey? I mean, what made it, what made it an attractive sport to you? Um, I liked the way that it was a team sport and it was something else, something different. And um, I really liked the people in the atmosphere. Um, in Germany, it's like set up as like a club kind of sport. So, you know, you you kind of go in the afternoons, evenings and go to your club and practice. And it was just a cool like kind of clubhouse and yeah, they also play a lot of tennis there and nice people and a lot of my friends played too. So I kind of had a good like social aspect in, in that sense as well. Um, and I think in the end, like, I don't know, my mom signed me up when I was like five for like fun, like a kid's thing to do. And I kept playing and I don't know, just worked out that way, I guess. <laughs> Sometimes that's just how it happens. I mean, I mean, how big is field hockey culture in Germany? It's pretty big. Um, I mean, a lot more p- people know about it there than they do here. I'd say it's it's huge in the Netherlands. Everybody plays in the Netherlands and in general in Europe. It's kind of way bigger than it is in America. Um, but that's also due cause to like um, the, the club culture, too, because you can play until you're like 30 and have a lot of fun. Whereas here, it's like, you know, when when you graduate college, you're kind of you're done with it. And, and if you can practice with a national team, that's awesome. But other than that, like there's a little club field hockey as well, but it's not nowhere near as big. And um, then, yeah, than it is in Germany. You mentioned your coach kind of pulled you into it, but do you remember how old you were when you finally decided you were going to stick with field hockey and, and focus on the goalkeeping position? Um, I was probably a goalie, you know, what the goalie that you like stick in every once in a while, like everybody had to do it, but like they always wanted me to do it. Cause I kind of was good as like a kid, you know, you're like eight years old or something. Um, and then when it came to be like, when I think it was like maybe 13, 12, I don't really remember. Um, it was more like you, that's your position. Like you don't switch out anymore. And then I was like, 
a little bit upset because, you know, if you've ever seen field hockey, like a goalie has all this gear on and it's smelly and like, you know, you're kind of the odd one out. Like you wear all this gear, you have to drag it everywhere. And it's like ugly, especially for like a girl. <laughs> and it's like in a way, not really the position you want to have. But then I feel like once I got like hit 13, 14, I really had a lot of success with it. And I got like kind of fit and um, practiced a lot. I actually joined when I was 16, I joined a sports school and in Germany and just practiced so much more and got really fit and strong and just got so good at that position that it just like was so much fun. And then I kind of got more and more proud and less and less ashamed of like having to wear the gear and like being the goalie in a way. I don't know why I always thought it was such a like a bad position to be in, but yeah. I mean, it sort of leads into my next question, which is when did you start to realize that you were playing at a level that was surpassing the people you were playing around? And I mean, how did that sort of alter your mentality on how you're going to continue to progress? Yeah, I would say I would I was always kind of had a talent for it for some reason. I don't know. I was always kind of like people trusted me and wanted me to be in that spot. Um, and yeah, I always loved it a lot. And went, especially when once I got good. But probably once I joined that sports school is when I really like realized that like, okay, like I'm getting pretty good at it. And um, once I joined the women's, like the, the actual women's team on my club, there was this really good goalie who was a, um, she was in the national team, kind of retired in a way, went to like step back from it because um, she wanted to do med school and stuff and needed to focus on like academics. But she then ended up joining the club again and just kind of taking over. And that I just remember that like drove me so hard to become better because I was like, I really want to beat her. And she kind of, you know, pushed me out of my spot that I had. And I was like, yeah, damn, I really want to like be better than her. And she's so good. And so she kind of helped me and we, you know, trained a lot together. And I had a lot of like goalkeeping sessions and different things. And she was, yeah, she was really awesome. Um, and then, yeah, once I joined that sports school is when I really like excelled. And I, you know, like I said, I got like really fit and, um, just really got good at it and I really enjoyed it just because I mean I'm not even 100% aware and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening aren't exactly sure uh, when you talk about a sports school would you sort of liken it to like a prep school here in, in, in the states or like what when you're just saying a sports school can you just describe what that is yeah. for us um, yeah I would say I'm not sure, exactly sure what a prep school is but yeah it's it's basically um, a bunch of people coming in it's a it's a public school so it's not private or anything but basically, if you're good at your sport and you have um, a certain level, you can join this school. And um, it's a lot of different sports. It's mainly soccer. The people who play for that, for the Berlin club soccer team, the yeah, they mainly go there. And then it's like tennis and um, track and field. Field hockey is in there. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's a bunch of different sports, basically. And the nice thing about it is you can practice with your sport, um, in the morning. So we had practice at say like eight to 10 or something. Um, or we would have like, I don't know, conditioning in the morning and then practice. Like it was pretty, it was pretty rigorous. It was a lot of, uh, yeah, it was pretty hard, but, um, and then we'd have class in kind of uh, like 12 and in the afternoon. So, um, that's kind of how that worked. But then in the end I had, so basically in Germany, you've, you've got 12 years of school. I think that's the same here but they just added on an extra year. So they kind of stretched out the curriculum because we did. So we focused more on sport, basically that we had less academics by the, by the end of 12 years. So they kind of stretched out the curriculum to 13 years. Interesting. I'm, I'm, that's, I think that definitely speaks to 
the focus that that the I mean European schools will put on uh, sports as opposed to American high schools and things like that. And we'll 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 touch on that in a little bit. Um, but moving back to to goalkeeping specifically, because I have no idea how goalkeeper specific training is run for field hockey. What are some of the what are some of the first things that you're taught? I mean, for soccer at least, it's you know you talk about hand shape when saving a ball and, and positioning in the goal and stuff like that. But what's it like for field hockey? What's what are the what are the first things that you're taught? Um, probably to just get comfortable in the gear because it is quite bulky and especially when you're young and the gear's like a little bit doesn't you know it's too big for you and stuff like don't really fit it quite well. So getting used to the gear, and then I'd say a lot of kicking because it's a lot of accurate kind of kicking and clearing and stuff like that um and you know field hockey you don't kick you're not allowed to touch the ball with your foot so for a goalie that's like you know you don't grow up doing that basically I mean I kind of did because I played soccer but yeah so a lot of kicking and like precise clearing um and then just basically like saving like lunge saves and stuff like that you don't really fly around as much as a soccer goalie you kind of do a lot more with your feet um I mean the goal is a lot smaller as well and then you kind of gradually build up to like slide tackling and I don't know, cl- clears with your hands. Like, you know, we've got a stick in our hand and a glove on the other side. And so you kind of have to feel comfortable with those two and make those clears out into the, on you know, to the sides and kind of into the, yeah, into the, um, just clear it out of the way, basically. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Um, and I, you know, it's so, it's so funny that you don't think about, that aspect where like, well, you, I mean, everyone grows up you know, when you, when you grow up playing field hockey, you never grow up, you know, thinking about having to play the ball with your feet. Cause obviously you're not supposed to do that. You're not allowed to touch the ball with your feet. And then all of a sudden you're thrown into this position where, Oh, that's 90% of what you're supposed to learn how to do. Yeah, exactly. It is kind of, yeah, that's true. It is kind of weird. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, was it weird making that initial transition? You're like, Oh, but I played soccer. So I kind of have the gist down and you were already sort of a step ahead of the people that were just getting into it. Yeah, I think because I, I was pretty good at soccer. Like, I always loved playing with, like, the boys team at school, and they always wanted me to play with them. Um, I just, like, really enjoyed it. And I think because I grew up in my neighborhood, like, we just, you know, play around on the streets, and I, like, just grew up loving soccer. And I also watched it, and I played it on PlayStation. And, like, it was, like, my thing, basically. I had all the jerseys and everything. So I was, like, loved it so much. Um, and, yeah, I guess because I was pretty good at soccer, I could naturally was kind of good at being in goal. Uh, we 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 can't get started on a jersey on how many jerseys I have. That's <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. But yeah, I mean you you mentioned it a little bit before, earlier, and we and we even talked a bunch beforehand. And you mentioned that you know that that point that you were playing with you know behind another goalkeeper, and you you were you two were were able to push each other and help each other improve. I mean, what was that like for you? Did that change your perspective on the position at all? Oh yeah, for sure. Um she really made me feel like a valued second kind of backup goalie. We had a really great relationship and she really wanted to see my success. And she understood that, you know, she kind of came back from being in like Hamburg and kind of away. I came back to the club and then kind of assumed that spot right away. And she knew that that was kind of unfair. And so I think she always really wanted me to do well and, you know, work hard with me. And I think sure her mentality was also like, I'm kind of, you know, wrapping up the sport, like, wasn't maybe giving a hundred percent at every practice. Like she was obviously amazing, but wasn't pushing herself quite as hard. And I was like pushing myself to the limit at every practice. I really made sure that I was, you know, 
saving as many balls as I could possibly do. Um, and then, you know, doing extra goalie practices. And I, you know, went to that sports school pr pretty much partially for that reason. I really wanted to just get good and like beat her out basically. And so, yeah, she pushed me to my limits and I definitely credit a lot of my growth as a goalie to her because without her, without that competition, you know, you don't like, if I was just the number one goalie my whole life, like, you know, why, how, how would I get good? Basically, how would I get any better? And that's a, that's a big, that's a, that's a huge thing. And one of the questions I had is, is, you know, how different do you think your career would have turned out had, had that been a negative relationship or she didn't, she, you know, she wasn't kind to you or she didn't, she didn't make you want to push her. I mean, do you, yeah. would that, you know, would the, I mean, for me, my story, you know, the negative energy that I received from one of my goalkeeping partners in high school was something that motivated me to want to, to beat him because I, I, it was out of spite. I mean, how different do you think it would have turned out? And, and it sort of speaks to how important those relationships are. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a great question. I feel like I can't even really say, I mean, I might even be even better, you know, that kind of animosity might push you even harder or I'm a kind of, I'm a goalie that likes a lot of motivation and positive talk. I don't do very well with, um a lot of like you not know, a tough love kind and, of person yeah exactly um so I feel like maybe that would have kind of pushed me down a little bit and you know maybe yeah hesitated I don't know I would have probably hesitated to like go to practice and like love it as much as I did without her but I don't know it's hard to say maybe I'd like maybe that would have really you know got me going and motivated me even more no, I mean, and that's a, it's a strong hypothetical, and it's something that yeah. I thought I should toss out there. But I mean, I mean, you can completely relate to the fact that we're gonna run into goalkeeping partners where it's a negative relationship, or there's animosity, or you you know you want to beat them because you don't like them, yeah. And or I mean, even that even happens with coaches where the coaches are gonna be the ones that keep you tough love, and that's just how they coach. And so yeah. I think especially at least from my perspective, I think it's incredibly beneficial to be a goalkeeper where you can train under multiple wildly different environments. For sure. I, so I ran into that a little bit coming to Michigan. Um, there were some, you know, there was a few goalies who like really didn't maybe play as hard as they could. And they knew that they were the backup goalie or whatever. And they didn't really, they came, you know, every once in a while showed up to practice and played really hard. And most of the time they kind of, you know, didn't really maybe try their hardest and it was kind of hard for me to like really push myself even though maybe they weren't pushing themselves as hard as I was so that was kind of something that really I struggled with at the beginning um but now we have this new goalie came in she's a freshman and she's really good and she really really wants my spot <laughs> so I feel like I have a little <laughs> bit of um yeah somebody chasing me and so it kind of feels awesome because we really push each other a lot and that's kind of how like like I said she was that previous goalie that was always kind of in front of me she really taught me how to be a good backup goalie in a way um and so I kind of really understand how it is to be a backup goalie when you're when you're good and you want to play you know and so I kind of with this new freshman coming in I really like took her under my wing and you know try to push her hard and so we could like have that kind of competition and I said you know you have a good chance to do this let's like work together and work hard and and even if you don't make it then you know you've trained hard enough so you can be an awesome goalie when I'm when I leave oh and, and and we will touch on that further down uh down the road in a second but I want to get back to a little bit to your time a little bit before Michigan I mean and we talked about it but 
we, we glanced over it, but for those who don't know, I mean, high school is a very different experience for athletes here in the U.S. versus over in Europe. And in the U, I mean, in the U.S., you can play for your high school's team, but that's, that's not really the case in Europe. I mean, can you explain to those listening just how everything works? Yeah. So basically everything's set up in kind of a, a club sense. They do have sport in high school and there are some sort of leagues, but it's very, um, it's very laid back and like doesn't really count as anything like it is here. You know, here you've got your school spirit, the mascots, and like everybody lives for their high school team, basically. Um, but in in Europe, you just it's there's no real school spirit, even in, in at university. Like you don't really have that that school spirit. It's mainly more for academics, and then your extracurricular activities are always you know in the evening, and you can sign up for a club or whatever. And there's always club practice. I mean, I used to practice until 10 p.m. and then have to wake up at like 6 a.m. to go to go back to school and practice even more. So it was like, it's weird how it's set up. It's very different um, to here. And coming here, I was like really impressed with everything. I was like, this is so awesome and so much like love for, you know, a team basically. And it's like combined with the university. It was really cool. It's something I always kind of envied quite honestly. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved being a part of, of my high school's team when I was and and, you know, being able to be a part of that giant community. But I think it would have been able to it, I think it would have been a nice social change just just from a personal standpoint. But that's just me. Yeah, no, I feel like it's always that way. You know, with stuff you don't grow up with, you're kind of you wish you had that. I mean, <laughs> even I, I suppose I mean, even even before Michigan, though, you you had a career that a lot of people could hang their hats on and you guys can hold your breath or skip ahead while I list everything. But I mean, you were selected for, you know, the Berlin state team and invited to the U16 national team selection camp. You were, you know, you were awarded goalkeeper of the tournament in 2017. You participated in the German national championships in 2016 and 2017 winning, you know, multiple indoor and outdoor state championships, not to brag, but I did (laughs) win two regular season titles in high school. So we're basically the same. Oh oh, yeah. Easily the same. (laughs) But after all of that, when and how did you decide that you wanted to play in college here in the U.S.? So my mom's um, American. She's comes from Seattle. And she always kind of thought that was really cool. You know, she she kind of grew up with that same school spirit in a way. And she kind of knew what it was all about. And so she was like, well, you know, you could maybe get a scholarship and go to an awesome university and get it paid for, basically, and play field hockey. And it would be really cool. And I was like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. You know, I'd never really thought about it. I didn't really know much about it except for maybe like on TV, you know, you kind of, or movies or something. Like I always thought that would kind of like, kind of fake in a way. Um, um, and so we kind of looked into it and I was like, wait, this is actually really awesome. You know, when we started watching games that were going on and, you know, trying to figure out more about it and see actually how the level is. Cause I, you know, basically you kind of, we kind of in Europe don't really think the U.S level is that high and they never really do very well internationally um even though they have so much talent you know they're so good and at college and I was was watching those games and I was like wow they're really good and um and I realized that like at Michigan and a lot of different uh, teams they have a lot of international students and that was one thing that was important to me I kind of wanted to be with a few different people who, who came from different places um and so that's basically, yeah, she kind of, my mom basically kind of got me on the idea and then we looked into it and thought it was really cool. And then from there, we basically started trying to get um, like video going and email like drafted and stuff like that. It was a whole process. Man, mom, moms really do know everything. Yeah, they do. <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening to this, listen to your mother. 
Exactly. She, she knows. She, she does she, know. She is correct. She is always right. There is never a time when she's not right. Um, can you walk me through your recruitment process a little bit and just how you landed at Michigan? I mean, you, you, you start to get your highlight film together. You, you know, you're drafting the emails. It's a, it's a weirdly complicated process, but I can only imagine how complicated it is starting it in Germany. Yeah, for sure. It was, it was definitely weird because, you know, there's just a lot that goes into it, but I was pretty lucky because my coach at my sports school, um, he had this guy who like, liked to do like videos and film stuff. And so he was like, oh, we could work. You know, I told him about how I want to get a highlight video together and if we could maybe film some stuff at practice. And so he got this guy and he showed up with this full on like camera gear and, you know, lighting stuff and all this like really professional film like equipment, basically. And I was like, wow, this is really impressive. I was just going to use, you know, like the little home recorder thing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so he came over and he just like started filming a few different practices and, you know, conditioning sessions and um basically cut the whole video for me together and I sent him a few clips from you know games and different things and it was pretty cool that he like did that for me he didn't I didn't pay him anything he just did it for free basically because he you know I don't know why he just wanted to do it um and so that was pretty awesome and then I kind of um sent him like an audio file of like me narrating different things and like he put a really good film together so I got that all set and then I drafted an email basically of like who I am, you know, the classic, like, this is me. Um, and then I just like looked at the, uh, the standings, like the rankings of the different teams to see, cause I want, I obviously wanted to be at a kind of a, a high level. Like I didn't want to go to a school where, yeah, I just wanted to be successful. I mean, as, as, as everybody, that sounds kind of silly, but um, so I looked at the rankings, uh, like NCAA rankings or whatever. And I just emailed like the top schools and then slowly but surely, you know, I just didn't hear anything back. I was like, wow, maybe I really like overshot my, myself. Like, I don't think I'll get in anywhere. And so then I started emailing like, you know, maybe schools that weren't so highly ranked. And then I started getting replies and like, it was pretty cool to, you know, like got some UC schools to like reply to me. And I was like, wow, this is really exciting. But even when I was looking at university, I was like, Michigan is awesome. Like they've got you know, a cool college town. It's close to like an airport. So like when I want to go home, I can fly home pretty easily. Um, it's close to a bigger city, which was kind of important to me. Um, yeah. And I just like thought that it was an awesome university, like really great academics. And then they were pretty highly ranked. They just, they just came off of the final four and I was like, wow, that'd be awesome. So I never heard anything from them. And then all of a sudden, like two weeks later, Ryan, the assistant coach emails me and was like, Hey, um we're interested in you kind of basically and then that whole thing kind of started off and they like offered me a full scholarship and it was basically then then oh yeah then he didn't answer like reply for for another two weeks like I was like well I guess this is not going to happen that's so tantalizing I know it's so tantalizing I I, you know they just have to figure out like how they're basically their whole money situation you know kind of who they're gonna who they're gonna recruit in the end so I do get it but I was like oh god I really want this um yeah and then in the end it worked out and I came on an official visit after I'd already agreed basically um and yeah that's basically my recruitment process I'm I'm insanely jealous of of your of your highlight video situation I had there not been specific parents at the game or had my local my my town's local uh, tv station not come out to film like four or five games I wouldn't have had a highlight reel at all oh gosh yeah 
it was it it's and i'll i'll send it to you after this it's 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 pretty adorable but um oh, mine, mine's really cringy i can't watch mine at all i just i hate it <laughs> i mean what so i mean was there a culture shock at all when you first got to michigan and 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 how different you know the the culture was or how training sessions were run yeah i for sure i well i did grow up i you know spent my summers in seattle a little bit so i did grow up with like the American culture a little bit, but I didn't really ever have any friends in America much, you know, because I was just visiting my grandma and stuff. So I was pretty surprised by that kind of culture shock of like people more than anything else. Like I kind of knew what what everything else was about. And it was just like in a movie. I was like, I remember going to my first like college party and I was like, this is literally like a movie, you know, like the movie that you watch and you're like, this is, this is like fake. There's no way this happens in America. And I show up and I'm like, this is exactly what happens in America. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it was definitely a little bit, a little bit of a college, uh, college, a little bit of a um, culture shock. And I think that people were definitely a little bit more immature. And I kind of had to make myself be a little bit more immature than I was coming in. Um, and so I definitely have to kind of had to kind of shift my personality a little bit, I would say. Um, yeah, so I would say it was a little bit up, but not anything terrible. Yeah. What was the mental aspect of it all? Like when you first went through your your first few training sessions and realized, all right, maybe I'm not the best on the field all of a sudden, or or were you just the best right away? Um, I don't, I don't know. I can't really say that. I don't know. I, I, yeah, it was definitely a little bit of a switch. They play field hockey differently than they do in Europe or in Germany. And so I remember my first season wasn't really quite that successful I mean, we, I think we did make it to the elite eight, but like, I didn't feel like I was playing my best, you know? And, um, so it was definitely, I had to get used to it and kind of be like mentally happy to, to like really perform. Um, so I would say the goalie that was there was definitely good, but you know, like I was kind of saying before she wasn't really that in tune and didn't really want to be there. It felt like, and so I felt like coming in, like I assumed my spot pretty quickly. Um, Yeah. I mean, I mean, talk to me, walk me through that mental process. Cause you walk in, you've dedicated your life to this. You've moved halfway across the world for this, you know, even though you, you know, you've, you've sort of also come from Seattle and it's like, all right, now, now I, you know, I know I can beat this girl who's been here for four years or three years or however long she was there. What's okay. that? What, what do you have to do mentally to get ready for something like that? Um, I don't even know. I just basically tried to show up and practice as hard as I could. I really wanted to impress them. And, you know, when somebody gives you an amazing offer like that, you want to make them proud and make, you know, make them feel like they made a good decision and, you know, they're not spending all that money for nothing. So I think I kind of really wanted to show and prove that I was worth a full scholarship and that I was going to be a good addition to the team for the next four years. So you kind of felt like you owed it to them in a way. In a way, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. And I didn't want to, I was kept thinking like, they made a mistake. Like, I'm not, you know, like, no way they, you know, why am I here? Like, they definitely don't want me here. And then slowly but surely, like, I realized like, actually like, yeah, they do. They're pretty happy with me. I mean, all right. So buckle up because we're about to list some more accolades. I mean, so, I mean, (laughs) your career to this point, you've won the NFHCA collegiate national academic team university of michigan athletic academic achievement award as a freshman all big 10 second team and academic all big 10 team as a sophomore academic all big 10 nfch national field hockey (laughs) police association there's too many letters 
I mean, All-America, second team, second All-America goalkeeper in University of Michigan history. The NFHCA, nailed it. All-West region first team. All-Big Ten second team selection as a junior. That's all as a junior. As a senior, you were all-academic Big Ten. Started to all 21 games. You finished 12th in the nation in goals against average. 6th in the nation in win-loss percentage. And you were a team captain to cap it all off. I mean, you told me earlier that after all, you're still compelled to play a fifth year. I mean, what continues to motivate you? I really want to just win the national championship. <laughs> we um, had like a little taste of it. We made it to the final four, uh, to the final and lost in overtime. And it was such a painful loss. Um, and I just like have had the time of my life here. And I am really, really sad to see it coming to an end. And so it was like a no brainer for me. I was like, this is just somebody's giving me another semester to stay at the best place ever. Like, duh basically um so yeah there was no real thought about it I was just like definitely wanted to do it um that COVID year definitely was a blessing <laughs> I mean through our years playing the position we we hear it all I mean we're yeah. getting into the stereotypes you know that we're you know, we're the lazy ones we're the crazy ones we're individualistic of the multitude of stereotypes surrounding us as goalkeepers what's one or two that always seems to strike a chord with you um, I don't know. I think that I am the less of a crazy person, really, than a lot of goalkeepers that I've met. <laughs> I feel like I'm more of a normal goalie in a way. Um, I don't know. I think I'm very calm and collected, and I feel like I'm like a natural kind of leader in the back. Um, yeah, I feel like I don't really know. What do you? What would you say? What are your your what is your answer to that question? I mean, to the, I mean, the one I that gets me the most is that we're lazier, that we're unathletic, um, and oh, I yeah. just, I just wish they could just watch a training session when it's mid-August uh, and we're doing doubles and they're just putting us through the ringer, getting us ready yeah. for the season, and it's just you, you just kind of want to die. You just want to oh, lay yeah. down and it's a sit, hit workout. Sit, sit in the sure. shade and and f- remember how to breathe because it is. <laughs> No, there, I agree there's, with yeah. That. There's there's a couple times where I'm like I I can't tell if I'm breathing correctly or not, or if I'm just unconscious. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, for me, it was like the question. I mean, another question I get all the time is like, how do you handle the pressure of the moment? Like, why would you want to put yourself in that position? Yeah. And I want to hear what your what your answer to that question would be. Or I mean, I'm sure you get it all the time. Um, how do I handle the pressure? Yeah, how do you how do you handle the pressure of the moment? Why would you want to put yourself in that sort of position? Um, I'm just always been a pretty calm and collected one. I don't, you know, I don't feel the pressure necessarily that much, and I always thrive under pressure a lot. Like I love being nervous, and I always play so well when I'm nervous. Um, and maybe that's why I'm good at the spot because I don't I don't melt under the pressure. You know, I've also been doing it for a while, and maybe that's another thing. But there's definitely mental blocks, like. I can never play a good game against UNC. They're the they're the national champions. You know, they're awesome. They have some amazing players. And I always do terrible. I, I don't know why. I just, for some reason, that's one game that I can never play well in. And I always kind of maybe do melt under the pressure in that sense. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm just a calm one. Yeah, that's I mean. What, that's me, what all my teammates say anyway. <laughs> that's I mean, you kind of have to be. I mean, for me. It was like, I don't know, it was something so satisfying about getting both my hands 
firmly on the on the ball and just shutting down a save it just oh, felt yeah. it was it was just an absolute adrenaline rush yeah for sure. um and just hearing the, you know the ooh from the crowd or something like that yeah. or, or your you know your teammates hyping up on the sideline and it's 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 their sense of relief that you just shut down that forward on a breakaway or made an amazing upper 90 save um and it was just like oh that that felt so good i want to do that again you know and people think you know like well does it hurt it's like well i mean if you're afraid of it hurting then you shouldn't be in the position anyway um sometimes it's gonna hurt that's just this that's just part of it yeah well for field hockey too you know the balls are like rock solid oh my god i worked i mean part of my job when i was at umass lowell was working in game operations and being a ball person for the field hockey games yeah being on the sideline and that close was pet being just being on the sideline not on the field being on the sideline was petrifying yeah it's definitely scary. Um, and I, I remember going through that mental like block of being scared of shots and stuff. That was when I was a little bit younger before I came to Michigan. Um, and that phase did go go away pretty quickly. But I remember being really scared of the ball for a little bit. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> oh, I mean, but... just watching I mean, the defenders on corners sprint out to that thing. Yeah. Props to them, man. Yeah. I could never. I could yeah. never. Well, I mean, surprisingly – knock on wood not a lot happens on those corners like I've have been doing it a lot and I've never really had anybody get really injured I've had one person get hit in the hand and she got like her had a broken hand that was like the one thing basically but surprisingly we kind of keep the injuries pretty low I don't know how but I mean not like yeah knock on wood but knock on wood exactly there's there's an old quote uh from Yogi Berra you know a a baseball legend that I actually Mm -hmm. think applies really well to the goalkeeper position uh, but it's something along the lines of uh, uh, baseball is is ninety percent mental, the other half is physical. Yeah, <laughs> I I love it because you know it's I think it sums up goalkeeping to a T. I mean, what would you say is an underappreciated mental aspect of goalkeeping that people in the stands or even field players don't quite recognize? I think just the fact of like being a goalie and kind of being by yourself and watching the team kind of do their thing while you know you're always kind of underappreciated in general. Um, and I think the managing that pressure is one thing that's also underappreciated. Um, but yeah, you're always kind of, you know, the odd one out, never really with a team and that kind of, that's always kind of a little bit difficult. I mean, what's, what would you say is the first piece of advice you would give to the newer, younger goalkeepers who come under your wing at Michigan? I mean, you mentioned this freshman who's coming, who's really good. I mean, or what's a piece of advice that you would like to give them? I would say to take it slow. I think the more you kind of worry about how you're doing, the worse it gets. Like just kind of be happy that you're there and practice really hard every day um, and don't get too in your head about anything, you know, just enjoy the time that you have. Cause that's the thing. Like I've really f- tried to appreciate being in Michigan all of my time here. And I think I've done a good job of it, but even so I feel like I'm just like, it went by so quickly and I'm so sad to leave and that's what I kind of tried to tell them. Like, there's, it's more than to, it's, there's more to it than just being number one. You know, it's the whole experience. It's you know pushing your teammates to make it to, to a national championship and everything. So, yeah, there's just so much more to it than being the number one goalie. And you know, this girl who's by me, she will practice really hard and get really good, and she's gonna play when I leave. Maybe she even will play, you know, when I'm still here this next season. Um, and she will do so, so great. And it's awesome for her because she gets all this practice and time to, you know, get better. Um, 
without having the pressure of playing. And I don't think she quite realizes how much pressure there is from the coaches to do well and perform and, um, you know, not let the ball in basically. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, you said it. I mean, that time flies, yeah. um, you know, had I wanted to stick her, I mean, granted, I love UMass Lowell with all my heart and we'll, we'll defend them to the day I die, but I could not have done just, I mean, I couldn't have done a fifth year for a couple of reasons. I mean, one of them, I didn't really need to, to take any more classes. You know, I was set to graduate and I mean, my body was just an absolute shambles and it's honestly to this point, you know, still in some sort of recovery mode, but I mean, you said it, I mean, enjoy the moment while it's there and whether you're playing or not enjoy that you have this opportunity and that you're surrounded by like-minded people that love you and care about you and are your teammates will be your teammates forever. Even after you leave college. Exactly. It's pretty amazing. But and I can I, definitely relate with bodies being in shambles. I might need the summer to, you know, recover a little bit. Ice bath, ice bath, ice bath. Exactly. And thank you so much for, for taking the time today and, and hopping on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. That was fun. Guys, this has been yet another episode of Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. Thank you very much again to Anna Speaker for coming on. I have been your host, Carter Hoffman. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Just for Keeps, 